You know, the Gaithers knew what they were doing, and they brought that one out. And here at Karaoke Church, we enjoy that song. <laughs> you know, it just, it, you know, I tell my wife all the time, I said, it makes up for the weeks if I don't sing a hymn, I get to sing them all at one time. And uh, I get to enjoy that. But isn't that just a, you know, that sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. And if you know Jesus Christ, he's personal to you. He's your Savior. He's the one who, who came wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a major journey on this earth went to the cross, carried the cross, was spit upon, spat upon, took the crown of thorns, he died for us, was put on that cross as they pierced his side. And then they took him down from that cross and put him in a borrowed tomb. And at that moment in time, three days later, he rose victorious from the grave. And that's because he's my Savior. Is he yours this morning? Amen. God is so good. And all the time. Amen. If you have your Bible, if you would, please, before the kids are dismissed or they can head on out and do what they're doing. But I just also want to say it is great to have our little Peyton with us here today. And uh, praise the Lord, right? And, uh, you know, I love her little shirt there. talks about how God heals those with with epilepsy. And and she's here with us and was able to enjoy the, the holiday season. So love you, Peyton. A special place in all of our hearts. Um, If you would, please, as the kids are dismissed, grab your Bible and let's say our Bible decree together. This is my Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. So I'm going to change a couple things here because I believe the Lord is moving me in that direction. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Philippians chapter 5. Philippians chapter 5, actually 4, Philippians 4 verse 8, Philippians 4 verse 8, and uh, today I'm going to talk about something that I think is is very endearing, and I felt that the the Holy Spirit was pushing me in this direction, not that um, anything was going on, but I I was reading some posts on Facebook and as I was reading them, I just kept thinking to myself, this is just bizarre that that so many people will post 2019, here we come for 2020, and, and I know next week I always talk about New Year's resolutions and what we're going to do and how we're going to move forward and all, all that kind of good happy stuff. But it amazes me, the post, so, so I did a little experiment, and I started two days ago, and I thought, I'm just going to watch the posts. Just to kind of get an idea, and I told my wife, I said this morning, I said, just in two days what I saw and what I witnessed through some of those posts about pain and hurting and suffering and all the emotional pain that goes along with, with being on this journey and in this life. And, and, and everyone was saying, but you know what, I'm glad to say goodbye to, to 2019 and to say hello to 2020. So I decided to label this message, see you later 2019, here I come 2020. But there's something that I want you to know, and I want to start off the service today. And I'm going to have you help me out. Because I want you to start off your year, and I want this as it, it's our last service of 2019. But I want you to ponder these things. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, it says this. Finally, brethren. Whatsoever things are, whatsoever things are, 
whatsoever things are, whatsoever things are, whatsoever things are, whatsoever things are of, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. So he says there, honesty, purity, being lovely, of a good report, having character, of good virtue. If there be any praise, think on these things. Verse 9, it says this, Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Wow. Wow. I guess, I guess for me, when I, when I look at that text and I look at that chapter, I look at that verse and I start thinking about these things and I start thinking how selfish and self-centered I am. Because Facebook has, has made, they've set a precedent for each and every one of us to believe what is said. We get a chance to like or dislike. We get a chance to friend or, or defriend. We get a chance to love you or hate you. They put all these little pictures. And so whatever you're feeling that day, you get to express on Facebook. But church, I want to challenge you. That even this week. That what if we just all put on their Philippians chapter 4. And we all shared it. As a church, do you understand our reference of people? How many friends do you have, CJ, on Facebook? 1,000? 1,500? 5,562,432? 3,000. 3,000 people would hear this. Hi, everybody. I want you to think on these things. And here's what I want you to think on. Because this is what I'm thinking on this week. To finish out my 2019, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just or pure and lovely and are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these. And today I want to thank God for all these great things that He's done because He's brought my son to church with me. Because that's our God. And then the finale to your post says, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, it says to do what? Do. Circle it in your Bible. Highlight it in your iPhone, your iPad, your eyeglasses. I don't know where, but circle it. It says there, comma, do, circle it, and the God of peace shall be with you. Isn't that amazing? And the God of peace. We are so distracted by all the noise of this world. That we have forgotten to praise God and all these good things that He's been doing in our life because we hold on to our emotional wounds. We're addicted to our pain. We've allowed the things of our past to determine our present as we continue to revisit those things, open up those wounds, add some salt to it, rub it around, allow it to bleed a little bit more so that you find comfort in it and there's no comfort in it. Because the opposite of peace is chaos. So, so what are you trying to say, Pastor? I'm trying to say this. 
We are a city set on a hill. We represent Jesus Christ. We are a light to the world, and it says that we're to glorify Him. How do we do that? How do we make that a part of who we are? So this morning, I I kept thinking, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are just. I mean, it kept going over and over in my mind, and I came in here, I'm sitting in class, and all these things, whatsoever, 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 whatsoever. And I went back in my office, closed the door. I, I said, Lord, I need to find this first Philippians, Philippians 4. I was thinking Galatians and, you know, your mind starts going all over. And, and when I opened it up, I just thought, wow, this is crazy. But I opened up the service and I said, God, give us the peace that passes all understanding. And if you look back to verse 7, in Philippians 4, it says this, And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Wow. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Woo! That stinking thinking gets the best of me all the time. That's what I call it. I hate it. Stinking thinking will mess up your mojo. It messes up your mentality. And I don't like stinking thinking. I like to think whatsoever things are pure, lovely, just, all those good things. Think on those things so that it brings peace. And contentment to my soul. He says, and he promises us that he'll give us peace that passes all understanding. We live in a society that loves to make excuses. And one of our favorite phrases is, it's not my fault. I'm negative because of my unhealthy environment. My husband walked out on me. My wife walked out on me. I've lost a loved one and that's why I'm angry. That's why I'm in pain. No, the truth is, If we are bitter and resentful, it's because we are allowing ourselves to remain that way. We've all had negative things happen to us. If you look hard enough, you can easily find reasons to have a chip on your shoulder. Each and every one of us can. Anyone can make excuses and blame the past for his or her bad attitude, poor choices, or hot temper. You may have valid reasons for feeling the way you do. You may have gone through things that nobody deserves to experience in life. Perhaps you were physically, verbally, sexually, or emotionally abused. Maybe you have struggled to deal with a chronic illness or some other irreparable physical problem. Perhaps somebody took advantage of you in business. You lost everything. Maybe you've even lost your self-esteem. I don't mean to minimize those sad experiences this past year, but if you want to live in victory, you cannot use past emotional wounds as an excuse for making poor choices today. Do I get an amen up in there? You dare not use your past as an excuse for your current bad attitude or as rationalization for your willingness to forgive somebody. It's time to allow emotional wounds to heal. And let go of your excuses and stop feeling sorry for yourself. It's time to get rid of your victim mentality. Nobody, not even God, promised that life would be fair. Quit comparing your life to somebody else's and quit dwelling on what could have been, should have been, or might have been. Quit asking questions such as, why this? Why that? Or why me? And take what God has given you and make the most of it. 
How many of you said, I've suffered much? You've probably said, yes, I'm part of that. Endured great hardship, negative things, deep wounds or scars. Don't let your past determine your future. I repeat, don't let your past determine your future. Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are all these things, I like all these things, and I'm going to grasp a hold of all these things, think on these things. Do you believe me this morning? You can't do anything about the past. You can face what's in front of you. You let go of hurts and pains. Forgive the people who did you wrong. Forgive yourself for the mistake you've made. But we've got to let go of the past. You may even need to forgive God. Perhaps you've been blaming Him for taking one of your loved ones. Maybe you are angry at God because He didn't answer your prayers or some situation didn't work out the way that you had hoped. Regardless, you will never be truly happy as long as you harbor bitterness in your heart. You will wallow in self-pity, always feeling sorry for yourself, thinking that life hasn't dealt you a fair hand. You must let go of those negative attitudes and the accompanying anger. Change the channel and start focusing on the goodness of God. I was on the phone yesterday with Diana, and I, which is Todd's sister. I said, Diana, what's been going on with my friend? What did I miss? I said, normally every Christmas, Todd and I catch up. And I said, what, what did I miss in the midst of all this? He was struggling with peace. He was struggling with, with areas in his life that he just, the emotional wounds of his past, he couldn't get past. Because we have a tendency to believe what others have to say about us. Isn't that sad? We get in relationships and we believe everything that that other person has to say about us because they never got over their past. And so we adopt some of the pain and the hurt that they go through. And then all of a sudden, all the emotional junk in their trunk ends up coming up on our li- in our life. And we have to adapt to what's going on with their chaos. Diana said, the only thing that I would ever see consistent with Todd was that Anytime there were struggles, he would always go back to God, and that was that core foundation for him. Many of you have heard me talk about him. He was Todd the Hare. He had hair like Bon Jovi. Loved rock and roll music. Had a great voice. I mean, could imitate Elvis Presley very, very closely. Even yesterday, I was like, I wanted to hear, you know, some of the MP3. They're putting together these videos and stuff for today. And I'm like, I just have to hear Todd sing this. I don't be cruel. To a heart that's true. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, wow, man, you have such a cool swag, Todd. But he's at peace now. Steve's grandpa is at peace now. Your mom's at peace. That struggle is over. But why can't we ever find peace here on this earth? Because we're sinners. Because of our nature. It's hard to let go. And let God. It's hard to let go of those emotional wounds that keep us in bondage. I like this, this illustration. Call it changing the channel. Use a remote control to change the channels on the TV. If we see something we don't like, 
No big deal. We just do what? We change the channel, right? We need to learn how to mentally change channels when negative images of the past pop up in our minds unexpectedly. Unfortunately, when some people see those negative experiences in their minds' screens, instead of quickly changing the channels, they pull up a chair and get some popcorn as though they're going to watch a great movie. They willingly allow themselves to relive all their hurts and pains. And we often wonder why they're depressed or they're discouraged or they're upset. Learn to change the channel. Don't let your mind or emotions drag you down into despair. Instead, dwell on the good things that God has done in your life. He's been good. How many of you are at church today? Oh, five people. Great. The other ones are at home. All right. That's what I love about New Hope. How many are at church today? Hey! Well, that's great. You made it. Praise God. We opened up His Word, and He told us in His Word. Hold on. Let me just remind you. Here's what He said. If we think on these things, you do them, and the God of peace shall be with you. Aren't you glad we're thinking on those right now? God's with us. He is Emmanuel. He's here for us. He loves us. Let me just pray and we'll go into the message. Father, we love you. We thank you that, Lord, we get an opportunity to to find healing and hope in your word. So, Father, we pray that you just bless this message. Hide me behind the cross. The next few minutes, help us to be challenged to get up and walk, to get up and get going. We no longer have to to bathe in self-pity, but to walk in victory. Lord, we love you. We thank you for 2019. We thank you that, Lord, we can say, see you later. And move into the new year. New miracles. New healings. New souls saved. New lives changed. God, I claim it. I grasp it and I hold on to it. For you are good, Father. And you're a good, good Father. Bless this message in your holy name we pray. Amen. If you would, please take your Bible and turn to John chapter 5, verse 6. John chapter 5, verse 6. I love this story. One of my favorite stories in Scripture talks about Jesus and a man who had been lame and crippled for 38 years of his life. John chapter 5, verse 6 reads, When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been there for a long time in that situation, in that condition, in that case, he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? He asked him a question, Do you want to be whole? Many of us say we want to be whole, but we want to relish in our emotional pain, and we excuse our behavior. We love self-pity. Now, I'm going to be reading this whole text here. We'll, we'll revisit this this morning. How many would say that people love to relish in self-pity? How many people are addicted to their pain? It's my new word in 2019. I might have to get rid of it in 2020. They relish the attention that it brings to them. It's their identity. 
in this story, we see the, the lame man, and we realize that he can't get up, he can't walk, he can't do anything. We, we understand the story here. And we realize that he is addicted to his pain. Now, the question is this. Let, let me correlate something here. So Brother Russ went to the hospital two weeks ago, a week and a half-ish, correct? Yes. He has two choices. He either says, I'm going to get healing and I'm going to believe it every day. God's going to take this away. Or he says, well, I've been like this for one week. God will never heal me. It's all over. I'm done. Can you imagine being this man? 38 years he was crippled. And waiting for some great stir, some great movement, something exciting to take place in his life. Would you lose your faith? 38 years he suffered. That's amazing to me. We have a tendency, if God doesn't answer our prayers right away, or he doesn't change our circumstances, we think God has forgotten about us. Well, I hold on to the truth that he says he'll never leave me nor forsake me. God is with us. God is for us. God is fighting our battles for us. So in this story, I correlate it to our life. We get so hung up in our pain that we forget the victories just right on the other side of the mountain. I think I heard that message here a couple weeks ago. God always gives provision. Are you patient enough to wait for it? And all God's people said, Amen. Sometimes people just don't want to get well. Sometimes they don't want to feel better. They love the attention. friends of ours in in indiana mr and mrs franks when i was a little boy he uh he was my sunday school teacher great man of god great faith phenomenal sweet family i mean when you saw this family you just thought that they were the model to mr and mrs christian i mean let me give you a picture she would come to church mrs franks in her pretty dress Mr. Franks would come in his slacks and his dress shirt and his tie. There were their children side by side. And they were all dressed to the little nines. The little guy had his tie on that was crooked this way because he couldn't figure out how that clip got on there. And they just, they looked wonderful. And, and from the outside looking in, we thought, wow, what a sweet, sweet family. I love Mr. Franks. And every time I went there, I'd love to go to his Sunday school class. You know, he always... He was uh, consistent, still consistent to this day, till one day the kids grew up. And when the kids grew up, they decided to, they didn't like this lifestyle. The white house with the white barn, the white animals with the white car, and all the luck that came along with Mr. and Mrs. Christian is difficult for them. Emily says, I'm leaving. I'm out of here. I can't live this life. It says, I'm moving from Indiana to Columbus, Ohio. 
So for the longest time, they couldn't find their their prodigal daughter. They couldn't find out where she was at and what she was going through. And it was just so disturbing to them. And, And they thought to themselves, what did I do wrong? What had happened to me? And it was one night that they received a phone call. And the phone call kind of went like this. Hi, is this Mr. or Mrs. Franks? Yes. We have some sad news for you. Your daughter was going up the off-ramp and hit vehicles coming head-on. We are very, very sorry, but you've lost your daughter. Devastating for this family. Heartbreaking for this family. Lovely young lady. Loved people. Just, I mean, when you looked at this little, little girl, you just thought, wow, she's so angelic. She grew up and she was still angelic, but the God of grace is still with her. And and yet the God of grace was still with Mr. and Mrs. Franks and their family members. I know often we go back to the pain of loss. And loss is so real for each and every one of us. The pain of losing somebody. We know it's inevitable and unavoidable. We know that there's an appointment. We know that there's going to come a time when people, the Lord takes home. And I remember Mrs. Franks saying to me, I popped in to see them a few years back, probably six years ago, and she gave me the book, and she says, I want to tell you what I've done. I wrote a book in regard to Emily. And I said, good for you, because you know that house that was white with the white barn and the white, everything looked pure and bright and light? I remember running into her, and I looked into her eyes, and the light had disappeared. She lost that hope. Boy, Satan just was having a heyday with that, wasn't he? Till one day she said, I got up and I said, no more. I might have an emotional wounded heart. I might have pain because I lost my princess, my only daughter. But I'm going to write a book. And I'm going to let the world know the God of grace, the God of mercy, the God of love is here for me and no longer Well, I look back to my past. I'm looking forward to the future. And I have a story, a redemptive story of the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And so she stood up. She got up. She took her mat, rolled it up and said, I'm moving full speed ahead. We often want to wallow in our self-pity because it helps us to be in control. And instead of letting God have control, we have to let Go of our flesh, let go of our pride, and let God take full control in our life. I know that for many of you, if you've lost a child, you would say, but you just don't understand, Pastor, what it is like to lose your only daughter or your only son. No, but God does. God knows. He knows that feeling of love, of losing a loved one. So many want to just choose that self-pity and to live in it. They choose not to get better and live in self-pity and isolation and get away. And I, I saw that in Mrs. Franks. And I loved that the beautiful smile that this lady had, I mean, really, literally, a, a magnetic smile, came back to life. And the light in her eyes came back. 
And she says, I just cannot be addicted to my pain any longer. I've got to get up. I've got to walk. If you've had something painful happen to you, don't let that experience be the focal point of your life. Stop talking about it. Stop bringing it up to your friends. You must get beyond it. Oh, well, Pastor, you sound like you're being very insensitive. I'm not. What I'm trying to tell you is that the God of peace wants to to, to use you to give a story of hope to many people. We always bring up our pain to our friends and of our past. We start reliving it, seeing it in our imagination. All of a sudden, we can feel those same emotions all over again as though we were tearing open the old wound. It will never properly heal until we learn to leave it alone. Remember that your emotions follow your thoughts. When you dwell on painful experiences of your past or in your past, your emotions go right back there with you and you feel the pain in the present. You can relive something in your mind and feel it today just as vividly as when it happened 20 years ago. Isn't that amazing? So difficult. So, Pastor, how do I get healing from the pain and hurt of my past? Here's the answer. Refuse to go back emotionally. Refuse to go back emotionally. Refuse to dredge up negative and emotional memories. They will do you no good. In fact, strongly felt negative emotions can hold the potential to severely strifle your progress. Think of it like this. Every person has two main files in his or her memory banks. One file, we could say, is our first file where it's filled with good things that happen to us, victories, accomplishments, joy and happiness, the day we got saved, when your child was born. All those exciting things that took place are in file number one. And in file number two is just the opposite. There's hurts and pains of the past, negative things that have happened to us, defeats and failures brought us sadness, sorrow, and suffering. So you have two files, and the question is, which file will you choose? We tend to wear it out. We tend to wear out file number two because we are preoccupied with negative things. So we never get around to exploring file number one. If you want to be free, if you want to overcome self-pity, throw away the key to file number two. Don't go back there anymore. Keep your mind focused on the good things God has done in your life. Romans 8:28, we know it, everybody uses it. Why do good things happen to bad people or why do bad things happen to good people? Romans 8:28 says what we know. What is it? All things work together for good. To them that love God and are called according to his purpose. Woo! God knows where we're at. He knows our pain. He knows our victories. He knows file number one and he knows file number two. It's our faith that helps us move forward. An old joke says if you break your arm in three places, don't go to those places anymore. There may be more truth in that corny line than we realize. When the pains of the past beckon your attention, don't go back there. Instead, remind yourself. No, thanks. I'm not going to think on these things. But I'm going to think on things like a good report. Whatsoever things are honest. Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are just. 
I'm going to think on things that bring peace and happiness, not the things that attempt to steal my hope and drain my spirit. In the Bible, we're going to read about a man in Jerusalem who had been crippled for 38 years, and I'm just going to, we're going to revisit this and then close. He spent every day of his life lying on a mat by the pool of Bethesda. Hoping for a miracle, this man had a deep-seated lingering disorder. I think many people today have lingering disorders. The problems may not be physical. They may be emotional, but they are deep-seated. Lingering disorders nonetheless. They could stem from being unwilling to forgive, holding on to past resentments. Blaming the past for their behavior or emotional wounds. These lingering disorders can affect your personality, your relationship, and your self-image. Just as the man lying by the pool, some people sit back year after year waiting for a miracle to happen. Waiting for some big event to come along to make everything better. So let's read together. John chapter 5, I want to read verses 1 through 18. Here's what it says. After there, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there is a Jerusalem by the sheep market, a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. What I love about this, Bethesda actually means house of mercy. So there's thousands of people that are there at the house of mercy. This is having five porches, and these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of handicapped folk, of lame folk, of paralyzed folk. Of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. Now, in the King James Version, verse 4 is in there. In other translations, verse 4 has been omitted. But watch this. In verse 4 it says this, For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Do you want to be made whole? The impotent man, the handicapped, paralyzed man, answered him, Sir, I have no man when, when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming up, another steppeth down before me. Jesus said, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked on the same day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said unto him that was cured, It is the Sabbath day, it is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. He answered them, He that made me whole, the same said unto me, Take up your bed and walk. He was talking about Jesus. Then asked they him, What man is that which said unto thee, Take up your bed and walk? And he that was healed was not who it was, for Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. It says there that Jesus withdrew himself away from the crowd. Verse 14, after Jesus findeth him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, you are made whole, sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole. And therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. 
I believe that God has a similar question for us today. Do you want to be well or do you want to continue lying around feeling sorry for yourself? Jesus asked a simple, straightforward question. The man's response was interesting. He began listing all of his excuses. I'm all alone. I don't have anyone to help me. Other people have let me down. Other people always seem to get ahead of me. I don't have a chance in life. Is it any wonder that he stayed in this condition for 38 years? I love the, G- I love the answer and how Jesus answered him. He didn't respond to the sad story. He didn't say, yes, friend, I agree with you. You've had a tough time. Pat him on the back. Let me have pity on you. I'm sorry. No, Jesus looked at him and said, in effect, you are serious. If you are serious about getting well, if you are serious about getting your life in order, if you really want to get out of this mess, here's what you must do. Get up off the ground, take up your mat, take up your bed and be on your way. When the man did what Jesus told him to do, he was miraculously healed. Hebrews 11, chapter 1 says, now what? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. And that's a message for us today. If you're serious about being well, if you really want to be made physically and emotionally whole, you must get up and get moving on with your life. No more lying around feeling sorry for yourself. You must stop going back to file number two all the time. Stop making excuses. Stop blaming people or circumstances that disappointed you. Instead, start forgiving the people that hurt you. Do I hear an amen up in there? Where's my sign? Oh, it's put away because it's Christmas time. I have a sign that says, can I get an amen? That's for some of you that maybe slept through that time where I picked it up a couple months ago. The Bible says in Hebrews eleven six says this, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder that, to them that diligently seek him. Here's the story, church, and I love this. He waited, 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 he waited. And in verse 4 it says this, that an angel of the Lord came. See, they thought that something was happening because the waters were being stirred up. Isn't it amazing how we in America today, unless you see for yourself the all-working powerful movement of some manifestation, it's not real. It's got to be real. We've got to see it to believe it. Well, guess what? Jesus has already visited you. Jesus has already visited you. You were too busy with all the chaos and all the noise that was going on waiting for some great stirring that he walked by and he started doing great things. But because of your emotional wounds, you've been holding on to the past and not realizing that he wants to heal you right here in the present. That's the power of Almighty God. Get up. Get up. Get up and walk. Don't let the circumstances of your past define your future. Church, we have something that that a lot of people don't have. Jesus. We have Jesus. Jesus is the one who, who brings hope and healing to all of our hurts and to all of our pain. But here's what he was telling him. You know, you're not supposed, one of the laws that the Pharisees, they put out, Jewish people, you could not heal on the Sabbath. 
check number one. Well, now we're going to take Jesus out because he's doing things against the law. Well, he was always trying to exemplify and to amplify Father God. And then he did something else. He said right there in that story, my father, who is God. Oh, now it's blasphemy. Well, he is the son of God Almighty. But yet this guy was so busy waiting for some great movement that when he said, hey, you dude, get up, get your things and get out of here. Simple. No, what what we think we need, we think we need a wave of a suit coat. We think we need a smack on the forehead. We think we need some some great movement where I roll around on the floor and I slap my head up against the, the chair. Listen. No, here's what we need. Listen closely. Here's the answer to today's message. We need to open up our eyes. We need to open up our eyes and see the glory of God. And know that Jesus Christ is there all the time. He's there to help you and to give you hope. Yeah, growing up, I, I could tell you this, growing up as a Baptist boy, we, you know, you can't do none of that stuff. Well, I'll tell you right now, I do know how God moves and God does heal. And I felt like, you know, there was so much of don't do this, don't do that, that we missed the, the movement of all the do's because of all the don'ts. And I want to see God for who he is. And I want in this text, he says this. Open up your eyes and sin no more. Quit revisiting. You didn't even want to give me credit. Said to a lady on the phone, I said, so what's your God story through this whole thing? This is just this past week. The story isn't about us. It's about him. Not for us to go back and say what Jesus has broke. Oh, he broke the law. It's to say, you know what? I'm walking. I've been made whole after 38 years. And Jesus looked at him and said, then stop sinning. Sin no more, you sinner. 38 years. Think about this thought. That man was paralyzed and crippled before Jesus was even born. And then Jesus comes on the scene. And he laid there and he waited. So in closing... I say this to you. Today can be a turning point in your life. A time of new beginnings. Don't waste another minute trying to figure out why certain evil things have happened to you or your loved ones. Refuse to live with a victim mentality any longer. Know that you can rise up, grab your mat, walk in victory because you have faith in Jesus Christ. You might be saying, I just don't understand why this happened to me. I don't understand why I got sick. Why did my loved one die? Why did my marriage break apart? Why was I raised in such an abusive environment? Why, why, why? You may never know the answer, but don't use that as an excuse to wallow in self-pity. Leave it alone. Get up and move on with your life. Many of the why questions, listen church, and I mean this with all passion. Many of the why questions of life will remain a mystery. But trust in God. And accept the fact that there will be some unanswered questions. Keep in mind, just because you don't know the answer doesn't mean that one does not exist. 
You simply have disco- you simply haven't discovered it yet. Usually we can deal with a situation if we can locate a file in our thinking in which to put it. He got into trouble because he was running with the wrong crowd. Well, we knew where to put that. But what happens when things don't make sense, when a good person is stricken with a serious illness, or a child is born with a birth injury, or a husband or a wife walks out on a marriage? What happens when life doesn't fit neatly into our categories or into our files? Each of us should have what I call an I don't understand file. We should have an I don't understand file when something comes up for which you have no reasonable answer. Instead of dwelling on it and trying to figure it out, simply place it in your I don't understand file. In the meantime, you must muster enough faith to say, God, I don't understand it, but I trust you. I trust you. And I'm not going to spend all my time trying to figure out why certain things have happened. I'm going to trust you to make something good out of it. Because the song says that you're a good, good father. You're a good God. And I know you have my best interests at heart. And you said in your word that all things work together for good. For my good. That is faith. And that is the attitude that God honors. So church, say this with me. See you later, 2019. Here I come, 2020. That's a message. Part number two next week will be, I now have 2020 vision. See, God always gives me these thoughts at these moments. Open up my eyes that I may see glimpses of truth thou hast for me. Wow, what a great hymn. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and of his grace. Church, we have an altar where you can come to, where you can find peace, and you can think on all the great things of what God has done. Instead of posting all of the pain of 2019, we're going to post all the things we're going to think about in 2020. Don't let the devil use what has been so great in your life as a tool to keep you in bondage. Take that file, slam that drawer, and say, see you later, 2019. Here I come, 2020. Let's rise to our feet. Father, we come before you today, Lord, just grateful and thankful that we can come just as we are. Father, I just thank you that, that Lord, even in just a simple story, that you always appear when we feel like you're not near. Oh God, today I'm, I'm reminded of the services that are going to take place. I pray, Father, that someone will come to know you as Lord and Savior. That each person will find peace 
at the end of their days. So, Lord, we thank you and we remember the good things. We remember the joy. We remember the victories. And God, you have great things in store for us. So open our eyes that we may see glimpses of you. Glimpses of your truth that you have for me. Father, in this room, there are struggles and the struggles are real. And so God, right now, in the name of Jesus, we pray for healing. Heal the pain. Heal the emotional wounds. Lord, let it heal up so that they can now walk with a sense of victory and hope because they found peace in you. God, thank you for the quietness of this room. Oh, God, I thank you for your presence that is near. Help us to turn our eyes upon Jesus. Father, help us to look full into your glorious face. God, help the things of this world to grow strangely dim in the light of your glory. 